All right, welcome to the Drew Allen Show. Uh, this is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. And uh, I'm a new Drew Allen today. This is the first, well, how do I say this? This, <laughs> this is the, uh, well, it's the first day of uh, this new Drew Allen. And, and by new Drew Allen, I mean dad Drew Allen, uh, father Drew Allen. I think I mentioned on the last, <laughs> the last episode uh, that I might not be around last week. And I don't remember what I said last week in terms of what was going on. I think I mentioned my pregnant wife. But anyway, I'll just tell you because it's relevant to this show because uh, I am I am operating from uh, new sleep deprivation. I can't say that around my wife because no matter how little sleep I get, she gets less. So I can share that with you and not get in trouble. But Tuesday, we, we went to the uh, OBGYN for our last sonogram. And they measured the baby. The baby was small. So the OBGYN said, hey, uh, you need to go tomorrow as soon as you can. I've got an appointment for you down. It's an hour away from you, hour and a half away from you. They have you know, better equipment for the sonograms to get the baby measured just to confirm because if the baby is small, um, you, you might have to deliver now. So sure enough, Wednesday... 7.30 a.m., we get down there, and the doctor comes in and says, you need to go to the hospital now. You're going to have the baby today. So the, 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 the due date was April 20th. <laughs> so so I, I was a little bit surprised. My wife was a little bit surprised, to say the least. Just goes to show in life, you can't prepare for everything. And life is full of surprises. And so, sure enough, 7.30 a.m., we found out that we were going to be having the baby that day. And we got in the car and made our way to the hospital. And, uh, you know, that was Wednesday, Wednesday night. You know, she had to be induced. So it was a long, long night. And the baby was finally delivered healthy, healthy, perfectly healthy baby, okay, uh, on Thursday. And of course, of course. Just because of what I do and my passion in politics, I mean, it, it, it can't even leave me alone with the birth of my firstborn daughter. I, 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 let me put it this way. My buddy, I joke, he had a son last year born on January 6th, so he calls it a little insurrection baby. <laughs> well, what happened on Thursday, March 30th, 2023? Another infamous day, not just my daughter's birthday, but the day that it was announced that they were going to be indicting Donald Trump. So politics came into the room when I'm in there for the birth and uh, and had to do that to me. It really is a sad day for the country, though. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's all I've been hearing. Um, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I'll probably, you know, this is a political show. I don't divulge too much about my personal life, but I think this is probably a, a rare moment to do so, and I'll, I'll never do this again with this subject. But you know, yeah, it's 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 been a, it's everything people told me: the sleep deprivation, get used to it, you're not going to sleep anymore, your life's going to change, so on and so forth. All all of that is true. I mean, you know, we have to feed the baby every two hours. Uh, anyway, long story short, um, not a lot of sleep happening, but. I'm I'm more tired than I've ever been in my life. That that's a fact. And I'm also the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. And that's the truth. And all of it's worth it. And I don't care how much she cries. I changed four diapers in you know three hours this morning. Um and it's weird. It's weird. You you come home from the hospital with this thing and all she does is drink breast milk and poop. And and sleep, you know. I wish you'd sleep more uh, and poop less, but hey, what are you gonna do? But anyway, her name is Winona Elizabeth Allen, so that's that's my firstborn daughter. Um, one thing just to kind of transition over to the subject at hand and politics. You know, it's really interesting. 
you're not a dad until you're a dad. Doesn't matter while your wife's pregnant. Doesn't, I mean, until that baby comes out, which was a miracle. I mean, the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life uh, was, was childbirth, witnessing that. But the, the change was instantaneous. Instantaneous. Do you know, do you know the most important, you know, I, look, I, I'll, I'll be honest, Captain. I'm a very ambitious person. Uh, some of it runs in my family. My personal hero is uh, a man named Byron Nelson. He passed away in 2006, but he was a professional golfer. If you're in the golf world, you know who he was. He won 11 tournaments in a row in 1945. Uh, he is the greatest golfer of all time. Uh, he quit. He retired early. But he, you know, I mean, look, 1945, Byron Nelson, 11 tournaments in a row. It's a, it's a record that will never be beaten. Tiger Woods hasn't even really come close. It'll never, never be broken. He won 18 tournaments that year. 18 first place finishes in 1945. And then he came in second place another six times. So basically, you know, he basically came in first or second almost 100% of the time in that season. And yes, he played against Ben Hogan. Yes, he played against Sam Snead. Yes, there was competition. And it was just a remarkable thing. And so, uh, you know, that's my hero. And that's somebody who, who I take a lot of lessons from. I strive to emulate in some respect in terms of work ethic and also decency. Decency. Ken Venturi, one of his protégés, always said, you can always argue about who the greatest player was, but Byron Nelson was the greatest gentleman who ever played the game. And so that's in my family. So my whole life, I've chased success. I've chased titles, um, money, you know, things like that, that, that I thought were important to me. And the only thing I care about now is one thing, being a dad and being the best dad I can be. And it's just, it's a hard thing to explain. And it's just changed so many things about me and what I'm about and how I do things. And, and here we are. And it's really interesting too, having the child, the, the, let me say this. What the Democratic Party stands for, their platform, their policies, all their stances are completely against human nature. They're antithetical to what we are intended to do. They suppress greatness. They suppress our ability to achieve. I have this child now, right? And I know many of you out there that have children. Maybe you've already raised children, many of you. And you understand this. But when you have a, a child, and especially now, this newborn phase, my, my, my whole life is about protecting that girl, protecting my daughter. My whole life is about teaching that person what it is to be a decent human being, about setting them up for success, to, to lead by example, and to be the best father, best husband I can because they're watching me. And things that didn't happen to me, thoughts that didn't enter my brain after this child came into the world, were I need the government to help me raise her. That didn't enter my mind. Nor did, uh, hey, I want to uh, give up my right to own a weapon because I want to depend upon other people to defend my family. That thought didn't enter my mind either. In some ways, I'm more motivated than ever more motivated to pro provide for my family, to take care of my daughter. But I am motivated to do those things. I'm motivated to take care of her. And I want to instill her with morals. I mean, there are just so many factors. And I really, honestly, I can't understand, unless you're a grifter and a virtue signaler, I, I, I can't understand how anybody with a child can embrace the Democratic Party. I, I mean that sincerely. You have a party that is filled with hatred. Hatred, hatred, as exemplified by this continued persecution of Trump, for example, which we're going to get into in detail today. But you have a party who supports the sexualization of five-year-olds. I look at my daughter and I want to keep her away from that world as long as I can. And you've got an entire party that views teachers that, 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 that is fighting for drag shows for little kids. What kind of lunatics do that? Would you send a five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, take them to a strip club? No, it'd be totally condemned. So the moral issues alone with this Democratic Party, if you're a parent out there, it is, it is beyond 
my comprehension that you could be a Democrat. The party that supports this transgender movement that wants to tell little children to pick their... I got to tell you this. This was shocking to me. I know I live in whack job, communist California. I get it. I know. And I shouldn't be surprised by anything, but I learned a lot, obviously, going through this experience. But one of the things is making sure I spell the name right for the birth certificate, things like that, because once you do it, there's no going back. And on my form, filling out this birth certificate, my daughter's name and so on and so forth, time of birth, all that, they asked me what her gender was, and non-binary was an option. So I could have selected non-binary for my newborn daughter's gender. That's the Democratic Party. That's your agenda. That's disgusting. So I'll be fighting harder than ever. Not for me. For my daughter and her future. That's what motivates me. And this is the, uh, the new Drew Allen, okay? All right, let's get into this disgraceful constitutional crisis that we are in. That's what this is. That we, we are in the midst of a constitutional crisis, whether you want to admit it or not. That's what this represents. So Donald Trump, it's Monday. He got on his plane, Trump Force One, and he went to New York City, and he's going to stay at Trump Tower. And then he's going to go to the courthouse tomorrow or the um, the DA's office, I believe, there in Manhattan, and he's going to be arraigned. They're going to get his mugshot. And the left is predictably cheering. But that is, of course, to be expected. They are, in fact, always giddy with excitement when our republic is on fire. And we live in a lawless America, an America defined by political corruption, our legal system, our judicial system is totally compromised, totally compromised. There is no justice in America anymore. That which the Democratic Party suggests is justice is the opposite. In fact, everything the Democratic Party says or claims, just change it to the opposite, and that will be the truth. What we're witnessing, by the way, is another rewriting of history. I I was up with my daughter last night trying to allow my wife to get some sleep, and uh, because my, my daughter is not old enough to be damaged... I watched Meet the Press Sunday night with Chuck U. Todd. And then, get this, and then I watched Rachel Maddow. I know, I know. I mean, some people out there are saying, Drew, what kind of hypocrite are you? You're opposed to drag shows for children, but you're exposing your child to Rachel Maddow? Well, she's too young, okay? She's too young. But you're right. It is just as dangerous. It is just as dangerous. And I've got several clips I want to play from Chuck Todd. Now, Cyrus Vance, who's the former district attorney of New York, replaced by the Soros-backed Alvin Bragg, well, he's got some explaining to do. Because he was one of the individuals who refused to take up and pursue this Stormy Daniels hush money case. Because there was no case. And the Democrats, of course, are trying to persuade whatever members are on the future jury, right, that are going to take this indictment and actually potentially convict Trump. Well, they're trying to persuade those future jury members now via TV and the surrogates in the media on how to perceive this. 
on how to proceed. That's really what's happening right now. And the great irony is they want to shut Donald Trump up. There is a possibility that this judge, and I would not be surprised, is going to issue a gag order on Trump, which is to say that he's not permitted to even utter a word about this situation and this case. And if he does, they can fine him or sentence him to jail. This is election interference to the maximum. The biggest campaign issue of 2024 is the persecution, the weaponization of the government against Republicans, conservatives, the political opposition of the Democratic Party. That is the central campaign issue of our time, the deep state and fighting the deep state. They have just turned Donald Trump into an icon. Donald Trump is no longer a man. I'm not uh, being sacrilegious here. I'm not suggesting that Trump is Jesus Christ. But I am saying that what the left has done with this latest indictment is turning Trump into a symbol. He's bigger, larger than life. He is symbolic of every American citizen out there who is fed up with corruption. That's what he now represents. And we'll get into the whys and whatever the lunatics on the left are thinking right now and what the actual upshot of all this is going to likely be and what they're going to do in the long term with this. But Trump's a symbol now. Trump's a symbol. Trump is, like he said, I mean, that, this, is, this is the thing that to me, it's just, they're so consumed with hatred that honestly, they're not doing themselves any favors by going down this route. And I have seen friendly folks out there, people I know, people I respect, saying things or posting things, still apologizing for Trump's personality, suggesting that, look, well, you know, I don't like Trump either, but this is too far. Why do people feel the need to qualify their statement that this is abjectly wrong, that we are in a banana republic now, by suggesting that, hey, I agree, I don't like Trump, but this is wrong. Ay, 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 this is killing us. This is gonna kill us. If you love America, if you recognize the dangerous precedent this represents, Do you know how you can fight this? You can support Donald Trump unequivocally. That's what you can do. So put your, uh, this is my suggestion. I know, I know some people out there, I just don't like the mean tweets. I, I know that, you know, Joe Biden, he, 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 he showered inappropriately with his daughter and he sniffs little girl's hair and they call him pedo Pete in these text messages, which suggests he's a pedophile. And I know, I know he, he lied about the Hunter Biden stuff. I know that he's corrupt and took money from China. I know that he, che- he he stole his now wife, fake Dr. Jill, away from her former husband. They had an affair. I know. I, I know he's racist. I know he's a bigot. I know that Joe Biden's a liar. I know that he's hateful. But that Donald Trump, his mean tweets, you know, I got to apologize for him. Just knock it off. Knock it off. I mean, I am impressed at least that, well, even the, the, the presidential hopefuls out there, the DeSantis's and the Vivek Ramaswamy's, and most of them are coming out and they're recognizing this and they're getting it right this time. And I just, you know, this fight is bigger than Donald Trump. That's the point. That's why I'm saying Trump is a symbol. Trump is bigger than life. I mean, this, this, this is just taking things in this country to another level. And the most dangerous threat to democracy, the most dangerous threat America has faced since the quote-unquote civil war was not the fake January 6th insurrection that didn't happen. It's this moment right now. And if you don't recognize that, you better recognize it quick. They're looking to take out a political opponent using the corrupt judicial system. That's what's going on here. And I said this a little while back. I said, I said that don't be surprised if they get an indictment. All that that Bragg and his people have to do is convince 
this grand jury of, I, I, I think it's 23 or 24 people. Just a majority. A majority have to say, okay, let's indict him. That's it. So in a state, in a city like Manhattan that just hates Donald Trump, well, a bunch of Americans betrayed their country. That's what happened right now. Betrayed their country. And this is what I've said is really startling, really alarming. People in this country just hate Donald Trump so much. And they don't hate him because he really actually did anything. They hate him. They, they, those in this country who hate Donald Trump don't actually hate Donald Trump. They hate the media's version of Donald Trump. That's what they hate. All right, well, let's get some of these clips going. So I want, I want to just bring your attention. Start that clock for me, Captain. I want to bring your attention to how they're trying to rewrite the narrative. Because remember, the narrative, the real narrative is this. Donald Trump did not commit a crime. He's guilty of a non-disclosure agreement, which is not a crime at all. So no crime was committed. And this case was so flimsy, so egregious, so insane that nobody would even take it to a grand jury. Nobody would even pursue it because they dismissed it as a suicide case. So that's the reality. And so now they're trying to use the media and use the previous DA who refused to take up this case, Cyrus Vance, trying to get him out there to rewrite the reasons why he didn't take this case. They're trying to suggest now and convince future, the future jury that this is legitimate, that this is typical, totally normal what they're doing. That's what the Maddow show is all about, Captain. It was uh, a, a, an hour, I don't know how long the show is, but an hour or so of Rachel Maddow. Let me, can I say this about Rachel Maddow? Rachel Maddow was a dimwit. A dimwit. It is beyond my comprehension that there are people in this country that watch that show with any degree of seriousness, as if she's a serious person or journalist. She's not. Now, she spent an hour of her show comparing this indictment and these developments in the Trump witch hunt to Spiro Agnew. So Spiro Agnew was the VP of Nixon. I'll make this short. It's really stupid. Uh, He was involved in some bribery schemes, uh, some tax evasion, some things like that. And essentially, he struck a plea deal. He, I think, agreed and said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll admit guilt to one case of... Tax evasion, and I'll pay a $10,000 fine, and you're going to make this case go away. And so they're trying to turn that and use that as an example to suggest that this is identical and that this has happened before. It has not happened before. Donald Trump is the president of the United States, former president of the United States, and he didn't do anything wrong. Cue up cut one, though, Captain. All right. I, I just, I just, look, we got to go take a trip down memory lane here real quick. This is, uh, how am I doing, Captain? Am I fading? How are my energy levels? Can you tell that I got an hour of sleep? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. All right. So this is Vanity Fair, November 2022. Here's the headline. New York prosecutors think they have a criminal case against Trump for that 2016 hush money payment to Stormy Daniels report. All right. So according to the New York Times, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg has refocused its criminal investigation into Trump. But this time it's not over the alleged tax fraud. Instead, uh, blah, 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 reports that prosecutors are returning to 
the matter that originally sparked their investigation into Trump a number of years back, the hush money payment made in the final days of his 2016 campaign to porn star Stormy Daniels, the horse face. So while the DA's office, then headed by Cyrus Vance Jr., had ultimately chosen to shift its focus to Trump's broader business practices, Bragg, as well as some of his deputies, have reportedly recently indicated to associate supporters and at least one lawyer involved in the matter that they are newly optimistic about building a case against Mr. Trump. And it goes on to tell the readers, hey, eh, you know, but while one might think this is a slam dunk case, it's not as clear cut as it looks. Now they quote the Times. The Times says, uh... All right. By the time Mr. Vance obtained Mr. Trump's tax returns in early 2021, he had developed concerns about indicting Mr. Trump on charges of falsifying Trump organization records related to the hush money. Falsifying business records can be charged as a misdemeanor in New York. To make it a felony, prosecutors would need to show that Mr. Trump falsified the hush money records to help commit or conceal a second second crime. Do you understand how insane this is? So even if Trump falsified business records in New York, it's a misdemeanor, which means nothing. It's a jaywalking ticket. So that's not good enough for them. They want to get a felony. So to get a felony, then they have to come up with this invented uh, intent behind this non-existent crime that Trump tried to conceal a second crime. So they have to create a second crime and then come up with an intention that Trump was trying to hide that second crime while committing the first crime that didn't take place. This is how nutty. I, Captain, am I even conveying, am I making sense about how idiotic this is? I, I just, I don't know how many ways to say how stupid this is. How crazy it is that they're doing this. So the reason Cyrus Vance didn't take this case is because there was no case. Because that set the precedent in the media that everyone knows that this is a sham. A sham. So now you have Cyrus Vance going on every station. He was on the Jin Nobody Watches Saki show. He was on, I'm going to play these clips from... Uh, Meet the, meet the press. So one of the avenues the Democrats have been using since 2016 to try and get Trump is to get associates of his, whether to entrap them or to find them guilty of something that had nothing to do with Trump and then try and twist them, essentially take them down to the torture chamber and threaten them and hurt them until they're willing to give The Democrats something on Trump, and they haven't been able to get anything on Trump. So Weisselberg, the CFO of Trump Organization, he's the one who not long ago uh, did strike some kind of deal, or he he was convicted. He was convicted by the same judge that's now going to take up this hush money case in New York. So how about corruption for you there? So Weisselberg, do you know what his big crime was? His big crime was that he... He didn't disclose certain financial gifts and pay taxes on them. So it amounted to something like $1.7 million. So he got a Mercedes Benz as a gift and didn't pay taxes on it and didn't report it as income. Whoopty freaking do. You know, I care so little about taxes now the way they just screw us left and right anyway. Oh, I'm so upset with this guy who got a Mercedes Benz and didn't tell the government and pay taxes on it. Meanwhile, our own Congress is enriching themselves off of insider trading. But oh, Weisselberg, that guy, unbelievable. Didn't pay taxes on the Mercedes-Benz. That's money out of my pocket. So whatever. So here's play cut one, Captain. This is him asking Cyrus Vance and Cyrus Vance responding about Weisselberg because see, they were hoping that they could get Weisselberg to turn on Trump and give them something on Trump. That was their motivation. That was their hope and goal, and it didn't happen. But go ahead and play cut one, Captain. Go. Would this case be stronger? Would you have brought this case yourself before you left office had the Alan Weisselberg, the former chief financial officer for the Trump organization, 
cooperated? Well, ultimately, Mr. Weisselberg, of course, you know, did testify at trial. Uh, I think his cooperation perhaps was not what the district attorney's office hoped. I think his uh, his testimony was was very helpful, is my belief. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I think, although I was not in the room, I think uh, he did not provide full cooperation uh, in testifying against the president himself. This is the legal mind of these lunatics. These people who are the persecutors, these corrupt DAs. Well, in my opinion, Weisselberg didn't fully cooperate because he didn't give us the goods on Trump. What goods on Trump? You mean like Trump Russia collusion or quid pro quo or so on and so forth? I am so tired of this continuing in our society. I am so tired of the Democratic Party burning down this country and still having support. It was obvious what they were up to in 2016 with Trump-Russia collusion. And here we are. It hasn't stopped seven years later. Trump derangement syndrome. It is worse than any other mental illness out there. It ranks up there with transgenderism, in my opinion. So there he is talking about Weisselberg. Oh, well, you know, Weisselberg just didn't give us anything, you know. So now cue up cut to the elephant in the room is, well, okay, Cyrus, when you were DA, why didn't you pursue this? Why did you drop this case? You were looking at a Trump hush money payments and you dropped the case, decided not to pursue it. You decided to go a different route. Why did you do that? And now he's going to lie. Go ahead and play this cut too. go. Why didn't you charge the hush money case? Why didn't you ever charge it in 2018, 2019, 2020? Uh, well, Chuck, I don't want to get into the deliberations that might be covered by grand jury material, but it's uh, but uh, as I believe you know, uh, I was asked by the U.S. Attorney's Office of the Southern District to stand down uh, on our investigation, which had commenced involving the Trump Organization, and as you know, as as someone who respects that office a great deal and and believing that they may have perhaps the best laws uh, to investigate, I did so. So he's trying to pin this on, um, what is what is it? What is it called, Captain? The Southern District or whatever in Manhattan? There, whatever. He's trying to say that his higher ups shut him down. Go ahead, go ahead, Captain. Okay. No, he, he was mentioning the, the the Southern District, the federal. The federal Southern District, right, New York. Exactly. Okay. Right. So, so he's saying, "Oh, well, you know, we were pressured to stop this." So, I'm going to go back to the Vanity Fair article from November 2022, per the New York Times. They quote: "By the time Mr. Vance obtained Mr. Trump's tax returns in early 2021, he had developed concerns." about indicting Mr. Trump on charges of falsifying Trump organization records related to the hush money. Falsifying business records can be charged as a misdemeanor in New York. To make it a felony, prosecutors would need to show that Mr. Trump falsified the hush money records to help commit or conceal a second crime. Mr. Vance's office examined several secondary crimes Mr. Trump might have been seeking to conceal, people with knowledge of their discussion said, and concluded that the most promising option for an underlying crime was the federal campaign finance violation to which Mr. Cohen had pleaded guilty. But with help from the outside legal experts, the prosecutors ultimately concluded that approach was too risky. A judge might find that falsifying business records could only be a felony, not a federal one. Okay, so there's no mention in the midst of this actually being dropped, of it being the Southern District, of their pressure. No, no, no. It's that there's nothing there. There's nothing to the case. So now they're rewriting the narrative and saying, well, we really wanted to go along with this. We really thought it was good, but I'm going to play another clip. He will blame anything. Uh, I'm not going to discuss the inner deliberations with you uh, that took place in the room. So I'm not going to actually tell you the truth or give you the answer, which is there was no case. That's why we didn't do this. But so you're going to hear him in another clip here. Blame COVID. COVID's a reason that they didn't pursue this case. Not that the case sucked, but COVID. Here's some more excuses. Cut three, Captain. Get that ready. Go. 
were I to have greenlit uh, the uh, uh, continuation of investigation toward indictment, I also understood for reasons that were just specifically about the time that we had, the delays going to the Supreme Court, the delays occasioned by the Southern District's request for us to stand down. COVID was in the city during this investigative time period and had a material impact on our ability to get jan grand juries to sit and obtain evidence. So we, so from a time perspective, we had some unfortunate coincidences that, that kept us back not going as fast as we could go because we were trying to move as fast as we could. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, ultimately, I knew, however, that uh, because I was not able to be the district attorney at a time when all the evidence was in, that this was going to be District Attorney Sprague's call. Uh, I may have made a different call than the district attorney did on the on the case that I had right. or we had. Um, but when one when when one is out of office, um, really, it's the district attorney's prerogative uh, to look at the case afresh. He did. And then you've seen where he has pointed uh, right. his, you know, pointed his team resulting in the indictment today. What a bunch of gobbledygook, huh? Gobbledygook. I want to go back to this Vanity Fair article. I really just want to get through people today, Captain. I, re I really do. This is so wrong. These people are so sick. We are not living in a free country. And if you think that you're safe, you're not. So this is, again, from that same article from November 2022 about hush money and how they dropped the case and so on and so forth. Well, Bragg, of course, as you just heard, decided to pursue this case or pick it back up and run with it. And as the Times noted, it's not clear how Alvin Bragg might resolve the issue. That would be the issue of there not being a case here. It says their apparent hope of flipping longtime Trump organization CFO Alan Weisselberg, Weisselberg they're not sure it'll work this time. So... Look at how they operate. To help build the hush money case, prosecutors are revisiting another strategy that has yet to work, pressuring a top Trump lieutenant, Alan H. Weisselberg, to cooperate. While Mr. Weisselberg has already pleaded guilty to unrelated tax charges and testified last week against Mr. Trump's company at its trial for the same tax crimes, he has not turned on Mr. Trump. It's like Gitmo with these people. If you had any relationship with Trump, they're going to lock you up and torture you until you do something like Cohen did, which is admit to a crime that didn't even exist. Right? They convinced Cohen, I already explained a thousand times on here, to plead guilty to a campaign finance violation as part of a plea deal to lessen his sentence. But he didn't commit a campaign finance violation. But they went to him and told him, We'll stick you in jail for 10 years if you don't do the X, Y, Z. I mean, this is, this is what they do in totalitarian regimes. Now, get cut four, ready, Captain. Now, you'll notice the gaslighting. You'll hear in subsequent clips, too. You know, the, the Democrats have incendiary language. The Democrats are creating a, a absolutely dangerous environment in which a bomb could go off at any minute in this country. And then they will project and gaslight and suggest that we need to be careful. We better not do anything to incite violence. It's kind of like the trans killer that shot up the Covenant High School. Or, or it wasn't a high school, but the school in Nashville. A trans person, biological woman, trans person that used he, him pronouns, shot up a Christian school. It's obvious that it was a hate crime. It's obvious that it was an attack on Christians specifically. And what do the Democrats do? They say, you better not talk about this being a trans killer. You better be careful what you say out there because you're inciting violence against this trans community. A trans a member of the trans community murdered six people, including three innocent nine-year-old children. And then they turn around and tell us to watch our language and mouths because we're inciting violence against them after one of theirs just carried out a mass shooting. This is how they operate. 
ignore the left, and if they tell you to shut up, double down and scream it from the rooftop. This is how we win. Whatever the left tells you to do, do the opposite, and double down and do it hard. So here, here's the other talking point you're going to hear from everybody. Uh, play cut four, Captain. Say that I, I was disturbed to hear the former president speak in the way he spoke about, att- about the district attorney Bragg and even the trial court. Uh, I would be mindful of not committing some other criminal offense like obstruction of governmental administration, which is interfering with or uh, you know, by, by threat or otherwise right. the operation of government. Uh, and uh, I think that could take what perhaps we think is not the strongest case. When you add a count like that, put it in front of a jury, it can change the jury's mind about the severity of the case that they're yeah. looking at. I don't think the former president does himself any favors to, as it pertains to the ultimate outcome of this case yeah. uh, if, he, you know, if he's, if he's enhan- making more enemies in the courthouse than he needs to. To, to me, that's an egregious statement right there. And sadly, most of our country watching will just skim over that and miss the last part. He sits there and says, I, I, mean, I mean, the court, the legal system, the judicial system in this country is supposed to be objective, blind, innocent until proven guilty. And you have a former DA of Manhattan just saying, Trump better be careful not to make anybody mad in the courtroom because that could impact the outcome of this for him. So it's right there out in the open. These people hate Trump. This isn't about the law. This isn't about justice. This is about getting a political outcome. This is about attacking a political opponent that you hate. It's about damaging his his chances in the 2024 election. It's election interference. And they don't want Donald Trump to talk about this. They don't want him to use his platform to speak the truth. And I would remind you, this is such a dirty, dirty game they're playing. It is so rigged. Alvin Bragg's office leaked, leaked to the media that tomorrow there's going to be 30 or 34 indictments coming down. Now, wait a minute. I thought that this case was about the hush money. I thought that this case was about proving that there was a violation of a campaign finance law and that Trump then, to make it a felony, tried to cover it up because he knew it was so. I thought that's what it was about. The hush money payment. 30 to 34 indictments out of that? What in the world are we going to expect? And of course, they, they sealed it so we can't know what it is until they come out and tell us tomorrow. And they didn't communicate any of this to Trump. It's just like previously, when Trump got ahead of it and said, they're going to arrest me on Tuesday. And ultimately, he wasn't arrested on Tuesday. But the reason he said that was because he was in the dark. He was just reading what they were leaking to the press. So he's sitting here in the dark. They have a strategy to keep him in the dark, keep us in the dark, keep us silent, and then just pursue this and control the entire narrative. So it's a big cover-up operation. It's a big strategy they have employed here. And they do not want the truth to interfere with their political hit job. And like I said, they want to press forward potentially with a gag order. A gag order. Welcome to Stalin's Russia. And if you're a Democrat, you're a Stalinist. Congratulations. Or a Maoist or any one of a number of cult members who supported regimes that carried out mass murder of its citizens and mass incarceration. That's your party. Well done. Keep at it. Oh, man, man, man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Indictment on the day of my daughter's birth. Unbelievable. March 30th, 2023. A day that will live in infamy. Um, I want to do this. I have three stories here that show the rot of the justice system. So you have this persecution of Trump and there's a theme. Here's the first story. 
Headline. U.S. Marshals told not to arrest abortion protesters at SCOTUS justices' homes. Do you remember this? After Roe v. Word, Roe v. Word, Roe v. Wade was overturned, and a bunch of leftist Democrats showed up outside, right? The addresses, personal addresses of people like Justice Kavanaugh were leaked to the public. And in fact, one person, another member of, I believe, the trans or the LGBTQ plus alphabet mafia, he traveled all the way from California intending to murder Kavanaugh. But it was a violation of federal law to picket outside or near a justice's home with the intention to interfere, obstruct, or impede the administration of justice. And amidst this violation of federal law that was committed by Democrats and the left, well, marshals that were protecting the justices' homes were told ahead of these protests that were illegal not to arrest the abortion protesters. How about that for justice? Meanwhile, you've got January 6th, and they've arrested 1,000 protesters. 1,000 protesters. But if you're a Democrat, U.S. Marshals will be told not to arrest you, even though you're violating federal law. But if you're, say, the QAnon shaman, story number two, and your name is Jacob Chansley, and your big crime was wearing body paint and taking pictures inside the Capitol, well, you get sentenced to 41 months behind bars. 41 months behind bars. Now, here's the headline for story number two. Are you ready? Jacob Chansley, the QAnon shaman, gets early release from prison weeks after Tucker Carlson airs J6 footage. Now, remember, Tucker Carlson aired footage from J6. He got access to it, went to the Capitol, and then he played some of it on his show. And the biggest boogeyman of January 6th was this individual, Jacob Chansley, the QAnon shaman, they called him. He was the face of the threat to our democracy. He was the face of the insurrection. And... This was an admission of injustice. Because had this footage not been released, which contradicted the entire narrative that they told us, and they used to prosecute him in the first place, he'd still be in jail, but they released him early. So all of this was done based on a lie that the media told you because they didn't share the footage. They manipulated the narrative. They created another boogeyman, created another... Instance that didn't happen. Another piece of fiction. And then they were caught. And now you have this person being released early. Story number three. Trump supporter convicted in 2016 scheme to suppress votes for Clinton. Douglas Mackey. Well, he's going to be going to jail because he created a meme that trolled the left and told them that they could vote for Hillary Clinton by sending a text message to a certain number on their phones. And he's being put in jail for this. Now, in Maricopa County, Arizona, during the latest gubernatorial election, you had 60%, 60% of voter machines, locations, not functioning, And it was by design and intentional. So tons of voters were disenfranchised. Kerry Lake voters were disenfranchised by what they did in Maricopa County with these voting machines, making sure they wouldn't work properly. And there's no one going to jail. 50 members or however many it was of the so-called intelligence community lied lied to support the left's narrative to protect Joe Biden. The Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. That was election interference. Trump-Russia collusion. The Hillary Clinton campaign paid for opposition research that wasn't just research. It was fiction. It was created. 
It was lies about Trump PP tapes and Trump working with the Kremlin to steal the 2016 election and Trump business dealings in Moscow, all of which would spelled nothing, a big nothing burger. And that was used to go after him, to put together a special counsel, the Mueller counsel. We paid $32 million in taxpayer money to investigate Donald Trump for a crime that the Democratic Party and Hillary Clinton campaign in particular, specifically created and fabricated. But none of them faced any charges. None of them are in jail. But this person made a meme telling people that they could vote for Hillary Clinton by texting a number. And he's in jail for suppressing votes. We don't live in a free country. We don't live in a safe country. We live in a banana republic. And I just got to tell you. I saw that Stanford video not that long ago. Right? Those students. They had a... an originalist. He was, he was conservative, I, I, I suppose. I don't know if he was on a district court or what, but he was, a, you know, I mean, a prominent lawyer, somebody in a position that these law students could only hope to rise to that level of success. And they shouted him down. And they protested. And that's what is populating these judicial benches today. And the problem is, how do you get a fair trial anymore when everyone working in the Justice Department is an activist who doesn't care about the law? They view their role as simply punishing their political opponents. I mean, there was a crazy story. I think Brandon Straka, you know, from the walkaway campaign. Well, he went to Mar-a-Lago last Thursday night. Uh, That was the night of infamy, my daughter's birth and, and this announcement of the Trump indictment. And there was a radical far left attorney named Victoria J.B. Doyle carrying a sign outside Mar-a-Lago saying, F around, find out. Now she hit her face, you know, F around, find out. Obviously she was saying Trump F around, now he's finding out. So she's a radical lunatic leftist. Now this is a attorney. She works as a special counsel at a firm called uh, Ackerman. She's a big fan of Bill Gates. She told Brandon Straka that she was an attorney and that President Trump should be in prison for his many, many crimes. So this is the world we live in. For the left, if they don't like you, if they disagree with you, that alone is justification for your persecution. That, is a, that alone is justification for you being locked up. It doesn't matter that you committed crimes. They will just accuse you of one. And Nancy Pelosi, of course, unbelievably, sent out a tweet after this indictment was announced saying that he'll now have the chance to prove his innocence. What happened to innocent until proven guilty? That doesn't exist anymore. We've moved beyond that in this country. You're simply guilty because the Democrats say so, and they're always in search of a crime. So if they don't like you, they're just going to persecute you until they can dig something up. This is how a nation crumbles. This is how a nation falls into anarchy. And this is how you get civil war. I know that's not a topic that's friendly. I know people don't want to talk about it. People don't want to discuss the reality of the situation this country's in. But I'm gonna, like I do every time. And I genuinely believe that the Democratic Party and the left in this country is trying to push this nation into a civil war. Their actions are so extreme, so unhinged, so unrestrained that at some point, what option do you have? The constitutional crisis, for example, of this, going after a former president of the United States, indicting him on something that isn't a crime, and then getting a corrupt judge and jury 
to potentially put him in prison. How do you fight that corruption? When you have nowhere to turn, when the legal system is corrupt, when the politicians are corrupt, when law enforcement even is corrupt, where do you turn? What are your options? What are your nonviolent options for protecting yourself and your family when no one is protecting you? When every instrument in this nation, which is actually supposed to support justice and protect you and your rights, your due process rights, your safety, what are you supposed to do when that is eroded, when it's weaponized against you? That's the intention. That's the goal. But don't worry. Don't worry. The Biden administration is focused on critical components to keep us all safe. Uh, They are moving forward with their light bulb ban, so you can take solace in that. That's right. They're going to get rid of your gas stove, so that's good. You can get microwave meals from your favorite restaurant. And now you can have more expensive light bulbs because they're going to ban incandescent light bulbs very soon. Very soon. That's right. The Department of Energy. Department of Energy. They're uh, already urging retailers to begin transitioning away from the light bulb type. That's right. They're, they're, They're issuing notices, warnings to companies. Did you ever imagine you would live in a country in which some unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C., could simply, with a snap of a fingers, command an entire industry to change? Command an entire industry to go out of existence? Whether it's fossil fuels or light bulbs or gas stoves, they just say, we don't like this. You can't have it. We're going to ban gas-powered vehicles. We don't like them. And of course, it's all based on a lie. Oh, we're going to save the world, save the environment by switching to these LED light bulbs. While 54% of households with an income of more than 100000 per year used LEDs, just 39% of households with an income of 20000 or less used LEDs. Do you realize that every one of these policies harms the very people they claim they're protecting? The poor American, those that are struggling the most in this country, are the, are the ones most deeply and negatively impacted and affected by the policies of this administration. And I don't understand if you can't see that. The left is the enemy of the American people. It's the enemy of the poor. It's the enemy of those who are looking to get ahead. They are putting their boot on your neck and they're pushing down further and further. Meanwhile, don't worry, they're fine. They'll fly around on their private jets. No problem. No problem. So, Juan... Not you, Captain. Juan Merchan. Merchan, Merchan. He's, uh, he's the judge overseeing this case now. And, ah, you know, here's the thing. The left is, is now coming out and they're, 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 they're being very transparent with people now. They're, 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 they're cultists, that is, on the left. To make sure they know that even if Trump is put in jail, he can still run for office. Now, a lot of people thought, hey, if we just get him in prison, that's it. No, he can still run for office. But, oh, I don't think I, I don't think I had that clip. Hang tight. Well, one of the things that I didn't get to I don't know. I've got I've got a new dad brain, so I'll I'll circle back in a second when it when it comes to me maybe. Um Well, there you go. New dad life. Anyway, this Juan guy, so I told you that he is the one who chaired, he was the judge uh that dealt with Weisselberg's guilty plea and conviction. So he's the one overseeing this case again. So basically you've got two corrupt individuals. You've got Alvin Bragg now handing this case off to another corrupt Democrat, Juan Merchan. I mean, this is, this is what is so crazy. It's just they know who owns the courts, they have their people positioned, and then they just pass it on, pass it on. I mean, they've got all of this figured out. And so the left is saying, yeah, he can, he can run for office even if he's, he's, he's 
you know, put in prison. And, you know, they're going to use this, of course, to, to, to prevent Donald Trump from essentially campaigning. That's really what this comes down to, because if they can get the gag order, if they can get this stuff going on, I mean, what I was going to say before is I didn't have the clip to play, but in that Meet the Press interview or, or episode, it is said, hey, even if this doesn't work, we've still got other things in the pipeline. We've got the Georgia grand jury. We've got the special counsel with Jack Smith. Their goal is to overwhelm Donald Trump with charges, overwhelm him with real threats and possibilities. He's in his mid-70s. He wants to run for president again. And do you know what the dream, actually, of the Democratic Party is? Their dream is to get Donald Trump to strike a plea deal. Do you know what they really want out of this grand jury that indicted Trump that's now going to go to an actual jury to hopefully get a conviction with these 30 to 34 indictments or charges, accusations? They want to get Trump to sit down and his team and they'll say, we can make all this go away if you just agree to drop out of the 2024 presidential race. That's what they really want. Because they want to so thoroughly humiliate Trump. They want to prove that they've won. And even if they put him in jail, they haven't defeated him. And I'm still waiting on the left to come out and and talk about changing the Constitution because it's not fair that a convicted, quote-unquote, felon can run for office. I'm waiting for that to come out in the media next. But that's what the Democrats want. They want and they think that they can make it happen. And of course, they underestimate Trump again. And good for them, because that's our big weapon in 2024, underestimating him and underestimating you and me. But they hope they can get a plea deal with him to say, hey, you're old. We'll stop this pain. We'll stop going after your family. But you just have to agree to drop out of the race and go and retire and exit this public life, if you will. And that's what this has always been about. They can't stand that this outsider has come in and disrupted the corrupt Washington, D.C. machine. They don't want him to have a private life. They don't want him to have a public life. They want him gone and they want control and they want to say, I got him. That's what it's really about. It is an arrogance that most people cannot understand. They have been devoted to destroying this man since 2016, and they have failed at every turn, and it has left them humiliated, but not defeated. And they want to complete that objective. And if they succeed in this, country's gone. Country's gone. This is the most important election in American history. And Trump is our retribution. That is, a, that is the truth. And he's become a symbol. He's a champion of Americanism now. And they've done that. And if you recognize the danger, stop apologizing for Trump. Stop it. Stop it. Look at who they have in office. We can't even get an impeachment of Joe Biden, who's committed 50 impeachable offenses. Seven million illegals coming in over the border, fentanyl killing our kids, that alone is impeachable. Today we find out that the Chinese spy balloon actually captured data, sensitive data. They lied about that. They told us they were monitoring the balloon and studying the balloon and they were taking data on the balloon and that they were messing with its system so that they couldn't gather this data and they lied. Now they're coming and saying, no. So a Chinese spy balloon, he just permitted to fly all across the United States of America and gather our sensitive intel over our most sensitive nuclear sites in Montana. And all this is going on. And it's all a distraction with real consequences. And meanwhile, there's no discussion about what the left is doing to this country every day that they're not talking about. With Mayorkas, with the destruction of our military, 
with trans killers, which by the way, we still don't have the manifesto. No manifesto. Isn't it amazing? No manifesto. The Buffalo uh, supermarket killer, we had the manifesto in like six hours. Cherry picked data immediately to tie him to, I mean, it was a lie, but tying him to Tucker Carlson, trying to bring down Tucker. But with this, nah, no manifesto. I, I don't know what people need to see. Our, 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 our government has turned against the American people. And I, I just think it's time to get on the Trump train. I really do. I really do. I mean, I've tried to, I've tried to just, you know, hey, you know, I don't want to get, get ahead of myself. So I, 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 I got, I th- I'm all in. I'm all, today, I'll just say it. And I'll be fair to people. I'll talk about their positive uh, attributes and so on and so forth. But no, th- th- I mean, this, this sealed it. This sealed it. And people are going to say, oh, you know, Trump can't win. Trump get, this is going to harm. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. And yes, he will. But he needs people to stop apologizing for him to start with. Look at what the danger is that we face in this country. Look at how serious it is. And stop looking for Jesus Christ that has no sins to save us. It's not going to happen, okay? All right. Well, this has been an exciting little over an hour. I'm back at it. I'm, I'm, I'm proud. Dad Drew here made it through. And it's good to be with you all. So we'll discuss, Captain, hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully tomorrow we'll see. This is a new, a new life uh, experience I'm I'm engaged in. So I'll get the hang of it here. But uh, God bless you all. This is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. And until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew, Drew Allen. Has Drew died Allen. hard conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom.